You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians 4. I'll read verse 11 through to 14. We have, we've been talking about scriptures around here for some time. And I've been focused on growing up spiritually. How believers should participate in Christ's discipleship plan. Hallelujah. God has a discipleship plan for the church. How that when a man receives Christ, he should be raised or built up in Christ. So we look at Ephesians 4.11 and it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And it tells us what he gave them for. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. Now when you see perfecting, you think about, it's talking about improving. No, 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 no. The Greek word there actually means equipping. The enabling. Giving them the tools they need. Amen. For the perfecting of the saints. The best English word that would have been used there is for the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. It now says, till we all, that means this equipping will continue, till we all come in the unity of two things. Number one, the faith. Number two, of the knowledge of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means there's a standard. Verse 14, the last one. It now says, that we henceforth, Be no more children. That means when we're equipped, when we're raised, we'll be no more children. Amen. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men, and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. That means that the protection, or God's plan to guard us from deception, is by building us up. Hallelujah. Now, some people say, oh, don't allow this person go there. Don't allow this person hear this. No, 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 no. That's not the best way to, to protect God's people. The best way to protect God's people is to fill them with truth. So that when they get exposed to error, they have their defense. Amen. They know what to respond. They already know where they stand. Glory to God. Okay? But now, I want to go back to verse 12 and show you something. It says that for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. In essence, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. That means we have a responsibility to build the body of Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. That's what Jesus said. And it means that we are in partnership with Jesus building up the church. Are we together? But understand something. We are not ignorant builders. We are not ignorant partners. We are not novice workers. So God will equip us. Hallelujah. 
so that we can do the work. It means that we need tools. Glory to God. We need equipment to do the work. Am I communicating? The work of the ministry. And what's the work of the ministry? The ministry, worship is ministry. The work of the ministry, prayer is ministry. The work of the ministry, fellowship is ministry. The work of the ministry, service is ministry. The work of the ministry, giving is ministry. The work of the ministry, evangelism is ministry. Discipleship is ministry. What we call the sevenfold ministry of the believer. That's the work of the ministry. But people need to be equipped. Hallelujah. To do the work of the ministry. There's a scripture in Matthew where the Bible talked about how it said, the harvest rule is plenteous. You find it in Matthew 9. The harvest rule is plenteous. He said, but the laborers are few. Then he said, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he may send forth laborers. Now, the Greek word translated as laborers is not just talking about people that can use their hands or people that have energy. No, it's talking about people that are skilled. Amen. It's talking about people that, they, 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 it's not just that they want to work. They know what to do. Glory to God. In essence, skilled workers. Everybody say skilled workers. Equipped workers. Good. Enabled workers. That's what the scripture was saying. It says the spirit of God has made us able ministers. Amen. Of the New Testament. It's not just that we are ministers and so you go and try and do what you can do. No, 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 no. We have to be equipped to do it. Glory to God. So one of the ways that the believer gets equipped you know something? There are some of you here that want to serve God. But you keep meeting frustration in trying to serve God. You say, oh, I want to do this for God. But you try it. It doesn't work out how you want. Why? There's something missing. Amen. You feel like you don't have the know-how. You don't have the tools to do it. You say, I really want to win souls. But anytime I go out there to talk to somebody, nobody listens to me. You understand? I'm discouraged. The discouragement is not that you don't want to do it. You want to do it, but you don't know how to do it. Oh, I want to pray. I want to be able to pray for people. I want people, um, people's needs to be met. Anytime I hear about a brother going through a, a crisis, a, a family going through a crisis, I just feel I should do something about it. But I don't know how to pray. That's where you need equipment. Amen. You need to be equipped. You need to be skilled in be, so that you can carry out the work of the ministry. One of the instructions Paul gave to Timothy it says study, amen, to show yourself approved unto God. He said a workman that need not be ashamed, he said rightly dividing the word of truth. What does it mean by a workman that need not? He's a laborer that won't go out there and be embarrassed, amen. When he goes out there, he knows his onions. He knows exactly what to do and how to do it. Now let me say this to you. There is... A responsibility every child of God has here on earth. Whether you are a businessman, whether you are a housewife, or a house husband. Are you understanding me? There is a spiritual responsibility every believer has in the kingdom of God. You've heard me say this over and over again. We are sons. We are serving sons. Amen. Say it. I'm a serving son. That means we're called not just to belong. Amen. But we are also called to carry out tax. We have responsibilities in God. There are certain things that God is expecting us to do. The evangelization of the world is not the responsibility of angels. The building up of the body of Christ is not the responsibility of angels. It is the responsibility of you and me. Glory to God. And the reason why many believers have not been able to do what God wants them to do is that they don't have the equipment. Hallelujah. And why I don't have the equipment? They've not submitted to the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher 
to equip them. Amen. Let me explain it this way. God has granted grace to the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, as the case might be, to be able to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Amen. So the job of the apostle and prophet and evangelist is he's an equipper. Amen. Who is the equipped? The believer. Because the believer is the one that does the work of the ministry. Amen. That's the sense in which the Bible says that every believer is a minister. When it says every believer is a minister, it doesn't mean that every believer is a prophet. It doesn't mean every believer is an apostle. It doesn't mean every believer is an evangelist. No, 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 no. Every believer has a role to play in the body of Christ. He has his own parts to build up the body. Glory to God. That's what it means when it says everybody is a, every believer is a minister. Say, I'm a minister. Say again, I'm a minister. I'm a minister of Christ. So, okay, now the question, you're a minister. What, what are you ministering? Amen. In what way are you serving? A minister simply is a servant. Hallelujah. So, in what way are you serving? In what capacity? What is it that heaven is depending on you for? What is that responsibility that heaven is depending on you for? I remember something Dr. T.L. Osborne said many years ago. He said, look, he said, I am not assuming that I'm the only one that God has sent to preach the gospel around the world. He said, but as I am preaching the gospel, I'm preaching it like if I'm the only one, God will be satisfied. Amen. That means if I'm the only one that obeyed and went out to do it, it will be good enough. Now I'm asking, if you were the only one God was depending on in our city, how would the body of Christ fare? If you are the only one in this state that God was depending on, how the, how would the body of Christ fare? If you are the only one this church was depending on, how would the body of Christ fare? How far will it go? That's important. That's something to think about. So, the Bible says that it is for the perfecting, equipping of the saints, so that they would do the work of the ministry. It means that God is interested in the believers doing the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Now, I've said this before. Spiritual growth is factored into our service. Amen. That means that our service in the kingdom is part of how we experience growth. Growth doesn't happen in isolation. Neither does it happen in idleness. Amen. It happens as you apply yourself to the giftings of God in your life and to the opportunities you have to serve. The work of the ministry is not a leisure assignment that you do when you are free. No, the work of the ministry is something that you are responsible for. Hallelujah. Imagine, now, I have, when I say responsibility, I have a responsibility, okay? And I have a responsibility, let me use to my own family, for example, I have a responsibility to take care of my children. I don't do it when I feel like, amen. Maybe I wake up in the morning and then I will say, oh, what will we have for breakfast? I don't feel like feeding anybody today. Then when I feel like, I feed them. I don't feel like paying rent today. I don't feel like paying rent this year. Amen. What will you call the person? 
No, I, I don't know why you don't apply that to your faith. Amen. Amen. Because some people say, well, 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 I don't feel like ushering this year. <laughs> and then you think that when they say they don't feel like ushering, that means that they're going to be in the other fellowship. Say, no, 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 no. Does it mean that you're going to be in the reading fellowship? Are you going to be in music? No. Are you going to be this? I just want, I just want to be coming to church. I just want to be coming to church. Now, if everybody, you just imagine me too, I just want to be coming to church. Passanda just wants to be coming to church. All of us just want to be coming to church. Music team, um, readings want to just be coming to church. We all just sit down, wait for who we do what. Amen. Now, listen to me. It shows that you're not even thinking about the other person. The same way one day you felt like not serving, someone else that serves every day must have felt that way before. But they still, against all odds, went out to serve. Amen. Are we together? You can imagine. Let's use the women at home that cook. Amen. And I, I threw a challenge to the house. I, I told my wife I wanted to cook. Was it last week or two weeks ago? They've not given me the opportunity. Amen. No, you didn't give me the opportunity. Amen. You didn't give me the opportunity. Try me this evening. Amen. So, the, you know, I said... I said, I'll cook that thing, you know? No! <laughs> but she had telling me before, and I surprised her. Amen. You know, there's this delicacy, just by the way, there's this delicacy, uh, um, I, I let my mom taught me, you know, and I'm the first child in my home, so um, there was a time we stopped having any help. My dad just woke up one morning and said, no more help. Everybody in the house will do everything. And when they give that kind of law, and you are the first child, <laughs> you know that it's directed at you. <laughs> so, I, I had to be involved doing some things. You know, I was a teenager. Then I, I, my friends are playing, I was doing something. Then my mom would just come back and just bring the vegetable and bring the fish and bring the and drop it. Say, this one is your own. And then I have to do it in the kitchen. And my friends are looking for me. So they pass by and then they look and say, ah, what did they do? <laughs> you understand that? But that's how I learned some things. So one of the things I learned was preparing, um, they call it ununu, all right? That's the name. It's pounded yam and plantain, you know? Uh, some of you know it. I can do it. Amen. So my mom taught me. And one of the things she said to me was that in case you don't marry someone from your tribe, you can carry it because I love the food. So you can carry this and go. Amen. So when I got married, you know, although my wife can now prepare it, I said, I want to bless. She was thinking I was joking. I said, put the yam, put the plantain, let me show you something. And I prepared it. Amen. So there's another challenge now. Amen. I want to show her. Amen. <laughs> you know, just the little skills I have. <laughs> now, I'm not a kitchen person. No, I'm not a kitchen person. Amen. I've sown my seeds in the kitchen in my father's house. Amen. <laughs> As you reap the harvest forever. Amen. Alright, so. <laughs> let's not get out of message. Now, let's use women, for example. That cook. You can ask wives. There are times you don't feel like preparing a meal. They say many times. There was a couple in church here. That we had an evening um, something in church and we're eating. So my wife now was teasing and say, "Wow!" And she was telling the wife, and she said, 
Thank God you won't have to prepare anything again because your husband has eaten in church. The husband has said, no, he will still eat. <laughs> Praise God. Are we together? And sometimes we go out, but there are many times women don't feel like cooking. But because it's their responsibility, are you understanding me? What do they do? They still cook. There are sometimes maybe I'm even trying to be reasonable or considerate. I say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. She said, no, 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 no. I'm saying, don't worry, but I really want to eat. <laughs> you know, but, you know, don't worry. <laughs> she said, no, 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 no. You know, then when she starts preparing, I said, but add this, add that, but you are just saying, don't worry now. Now, are you understanding me? But the point is that she sees it as her responsibility. And that means that she's not just going to move as she feels at the moment. Are we together? She knows her responsibility. So regardless of how she feels, she goes out of her way to make sure that it is responsibility that is met. Now listen to me. We also have spiritual responsibilities the same way in Christ. Amen. We have people around us that have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in our places of work. It's our responsibility to share the gospel with them. He said, I'm not in the mood. Someone might die while you're not in the mood. Amen. Are we together? Oh, there are believers that somebody needs to pray for them. It just dropped in your heart. You know, some of you think that the Holy Ghost drops things in your heart when your body feels like. No. Your body doesn't have to feel like. And you, when you learn that, you are the one that tells your body what to do. Your body shouldn't be telling you what to do. Did you get what I'm saying? Did you get what I'm saying? I remember a story Archbishop Benson that I also told. I've always remembered that story. He said one day, he woke up in the morning and he was about to go to church. And when he tried to raise his leg, his leg said, I'm not going to church today. He tried to raise his hand. The hand said, I'm not going to church today. He tried to raise his head. The head said, I'm not going to church today. He said, okay, all of you stay there. He left them in the house and went to church. Amen. <laughs> he said, so I'm in church. My leg and head and everything is in the house. I'm here. Amen. What he was trying to say was that he has learned how to override the feelings of his body and follow the dictates of his spirit. Amen. Did you get that picture? Smidugusword, great man of God, Smidugusword, Bradford, England, many years ago. He said, he said, when I wake up in the morning, I don't ask Smith how he feels. I tell Smith how he feels. I tell Smith you are happy. I tell Smith this is the day the Lord has made. Are you understanding me? I tell him who he is and what he should do. So, listen to me. One of the ways you grow up spiritually is learning to run away or override your feelings, the feelings, your physical feelings. And do what the Spirit of God will have you to do. Have you not read what Jesus said? He said, the flesh is weak, but the what? The Spirit is willing. So, follow the willingness of the Spirit. Let me tell two people, follow the willingness of your spirit. And not the weakness of your flesh. Can you say to someone else, say, follow the willingness of your spirit. And not the weakness of your flesh. Glory to God. Your spirit is willing in Christ. Now, when I mentioned that, it just occurred to me that I need to correct something. Now, some believers don't know the difference between their mind and their spirits. Hallelujah. Let me put it this way. Some don't know the difference between their emotions and their spirits. Your emotions is not your spirits. Praise God. 
In as much as the Bible talks about how the soul and spirit are so intertwined that it takes only the word of God that that's sharper than any two-edged sword to be able to distinguish between the soul and the spirit. But there's still distinct parts. Amen. Now, a lot of people move more by their emotions than they move by what the spirit of God is saying. Let me give you an example of emotions. Now, in church, I could walk up to you and then I say, you, don't sit there. Come and sit here. And you say, um, pastor, I, I don't, I, I don't want to sit in front. I don't want anybody to see me. I say, eh, hey, short, come and sit on the altar. Then you sit on the altar and you're not happy that you are sitting in front of everybody. Maybe you're a shy person and I bring you out to sit in. At that moment, you're not happy that I told you to sit here. Okay? Then, I'm preaching. You're not happy with me. But it doesn't change the fact that the love of God is still in your heart. Hallelujah. That you're not happy with me does not mean that you don't love me. Amen. Are you listening to me? Did you get what I'm saying? That you're not happy with what I said or did does not mean that you don't love me. Now, and I'll say, okay, um, after service, I would like to see you. Or maybe you have something you want to help me do. Then I say, please, after service, I need you to help me do so, so, and so. Then, instead of waiting for me after service, you walk away because you were offended. At that point now, you've responded to emotions rather than emo- responding to your spirit. Are you listening to me? And a lot of times, believers function that way. Listen, if you function that way, you cannot even have a happy marriage. Are you listening to me? If you function that way, you can't even have a healthy relationship with your colleagues at work. If you function that way, you can't even have a relationship with people in church. That we disagree does not mean that we are enemies. Are you understanding me? No, no, no. It doesn't mean we're enemies. Jesus was with Peter and the rest of them. Sometimes they would stand up and say, ah, that thing you are saying is not like that. But it didn't change the fact that they were still together. Are you with me? Don't be led by your emotions. Hallelujah. And stop functioning and making decisions based on your emotions alone. I've heard believers, and I'm why I'm stepping down here to say it, because I've seen believers take steps that are not the Holy Spirit. They are not the leading of the Spirit of God. It is emotions. Recently, you know, there have been some guys bashing pastors on social media and all that, you know, talking against ministers of the gospel and all that, and all that, and all that. And then, apart from what they are saying, I'm concerned about the motive. Why are they doing what they're doing? What's the motive? What are they trying to achieve? So, I, I listened to one of them. I, I just, I said, let me take time and listen. Then he told his story. I won't honor him by mentioning his name. You know, I told his story. He, he told his story. When I listened to the story, he made a statement. He said, when he had problem with his church, that's when all these things started. Ah, he was offended. Amen. Oh, so all of this revelation now is as a product of offense. Amen. He said that's when he started looking out for their faults and checking scripture. And then he saw all the mistakes they were making. Offense. Now there are some people that are following that. Now, offense, offense is an emotional issue first. Amen. Are you understanding me? 
Someone talk to you in a certain way. Someone respond to you in a certain way. Then you become offended. Now, that's not leading of the Spirit. Please help me tell, tell yourself. Say, offense, my emotions, is not the leading of the Spirit of God. Amen. You might hate your boss. When I use the word hate now, I'm talking about you have, you dislike your boss. Are you understanding me? Your boss in the office, you know, there's some, pe- <laughs> there's some people that even as he's talking, the why is he talking like this? Maybe your boss talks like that. <laughs> you understand? So why is he talking like that? You know, everything he does irritates you. But now you are in the house and the Spirit of God tells you, pray for your boss. Pray for your boss. Pray for his family. Say, hmm. <laughs> Do you know you can pray for your boss and still be in the office and disagree with him? Amen. Because on principle, what you are doing, no, no, it's not like that size, like this. Then you go back and see, pray for him. That's what it means to walk in love. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? Now we must be able to differentiate both. It amazes me how some secular people even operate somehow better. You see competitors in business. And then, when they are marketing, they are abusing each other. Let's use uh, maybe American companies, for example, in the days where Steve Jobs was still alive. You know, when they are marketing against um, um, Microsoft, um, sorry, Microsoft products, you know, they're very aggressive. When um, Microsoft is uh, 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 advertising against Apple, they're very aggressive. Then tomorrow you see two of them drinking tea together. Amen. Are you understanding me? That is business. Am I coming? That one is business. That's it, drinking tea. But you are a believer. You are somewhere in the same ushering team. You are in the same music group. You are in the same uh, department in church because you disagreed. Now, this, before, this is where you pass when you are coming to church. Now you pass like this. Amen. I know like believers like to suffer because you are angry with somebody. Amen. I said, why? I was talking to her. I said, why are you suffering like this? The person was angry with somebody. So, you go around like this. Then if the person comes that way, you go like this. Why are you suffering? Amen. The person, you have, the person doesn't even know what you are doing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Some guy was angry with our church years ago. I think it was 2003 or 2002. And so, he got somewhere... And he was telling somebody, I'm angry with this ministry. Then he started breaking our um, cassettes. That, so they came and told me, said, this guy was breaking uh, our ministry cassettes. I said, no, nobody broke ministry cassettes. He said, no, he broke ministry I said, it's his own, he broke. It's not him that bought his, <laughs> he bought his cassette. He broke his cassette. What's my business? Amen. Those days of audio cassettes. You understand? He broke his, he broke his cassette. <laughs> he didn't break my, he didn't break anything. I don't want to hear all this again. I don't want to hear this again. Then we're not on television. I laughed. I said, I'll be in his house every day. Amen. <laughs> he will break his television. <laughs> he will br- now he will break his tab. Amen. Are you understanding me? Why are you suffering? Let me tell you something. Offense is self-torture. That's bitterness is self-torture. That's what it is. Are we together? Nobody suffers more than the one that carries the bitterness. So, when you are a believer and emotions, you are led by emotions, there are many things you will miss out on. 
You will not even be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because you are already led. I was cracking a joke with my wife. Um, I can't remember which of the meetings now. You know this place where we go for programs and then they put smoke on stage. They did it in uh, readings. And I laughed. I said, when you bring your own smoke, God will hold his own. <laughs> you already provided your own smoke. God will hold his own. Amen. Which smoke do you want? See God's own. <laughs> when you bought smoke and brought. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. But you understand what I'm saying? I said, this people provided their own smoke already. <laughs> you came with your glory. <laughs> You came, you came with your own glory. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, when you are filled with bitterness, you're already led. Something's already leading you. The offense is leading you. You can't even listen to what the Spirit of God is leading you to do. I said this before, and I'm saying it again. Offense will make you deaf and dumb. You will be blind. You can't see what you're supposed to see. And you'll be deaf to the things the Spirit of God is trying to say to you. That's what offense does to you. And then you are not making progress. Hallelujah. I want you to learn something. If you want to see the kind of things we're talking about this year, 2018, you have to decide that you will not be led by your emotions. Amen. And for some of you, if that's how you've always lived your life, it will be a total departure from how you've been doing things. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Am I communicating? You know, there are some people that are anointed what we call mood swings. Their mood is like a pendulum. You understand that? You understand that? Mood swings. Today they are like this. This person is like, hey! Are you people like that? Yes, sir. They were just smiling, just as they just turned. Ah. You walked into a place with the person. You come out. So everyone asked, what happened? What did they do? What happened? Say nothing. I don't know what happened. No. What happened? What happened? What happened? They've remembered something. That is no even related to what is happening here. They might even just go in and show you something. Say, ah, come and see this gift that someone gave me on my birthday. Just remember, now you are 46. You remember your 22nd birthday. Listen to me. That is demonic. When you keep yielding to mood swings, after a while, it will stay. That's what's called depression. It, it goes and comes, goes and comes. After a while, it will stay. I was in Sweden, and they were sharing with me. They brought a lady that had a mental issue, and they want me to pray for her. So the lady is speaking before I, I minister to her. She's sharing with me what the problem was, depression. And then she told me, she said, Pastor, there's, there's one problem in this country that you will have to help solve, is depression. And she began to tell me about the suicide rate in Sweden, which seems to be, um, the government have tried their best to make sure that the numbers are, what is, what's the word now, reduced, you understand that? So, uh, if, if 10 people died out of, uh, 20 people committed suicide, they will make sure that maybe 4 goes out or 5 goes out. Because they don't want that. They said, perhaps in Europe, it might be the highest, the place with the highest suicide rate. People are depressed. And I found out that it's not only in Sweden. In Portaco too. Amen. You just see a young sister 
She just turned 21. 21. She's sitting looking out the window. And tears are coming down from one side of the eye. And they clean it. What happened? My 18th boyfriend. 18th boyfriend at 21. Did you start dating at three years? <laughs> are you with me? Depression. Is he a young man? I think we were driving on the, on the road. One young man just came. looking at the side of the road. Where the car is supposed to be coming from. I know that guy doesn't have a good plan. Someone should just take him. At least his barrier will not be on his family. There are a lot of young men like that. You understand that? They're just... That's why when you just say, we want to protest against the government, they will run out quickly. They want to be short. <laughs> Where are we going to? Are we going to the government house? Are we going? <laughs> they actually look for someone to kill them. They are tired. Listen, every child of God has no business with depression. You know why? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Any believer that is toying with depression is a believer that has neglected the joy of the Lord in his spirits. Some people just sit down. I remember when I was younger, I would sit down and then gather my toys around and then just play with them. I imagine that that's how some people sit down and gather all their problems around them. And say, this is what happened to me in 2014. This is what happened in 2015. This is what happened in 2016, 17. Now, if I match all, this is what would happen in 2018. <laughs> and then they start from, from there now they're depressed. What they're anticipating has not happened. But they've already, you know, how we in faith rejoice about what will happen. They are in faith rejoicing, sad about what will happen. Call things. One, you have young people that are depressed about school, academics. Larger number, depressed about relationship. Amen. Did you hear me? Relationship. Then you have others that are just unhappy about where they were born. Why am I in Nigeria? Anytime they see their parents, they are wondering, why did you give, just cross to Togo. You understand? Bene. You understand? Give birth to me there. My life would have been better. Today, the Spirit of God will release you from depression. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now I came all here, I was talking about responsibility. And I said, if you are someone that is led by the flesh or your emotions, you will never be able to stay with the responsibilities that God has given you. Because you will always have an excuse. And I know that I'm supposed to, God wants me to do this this year, but because of so, so and so, I'm not able to do it. You will say because, because, because years will pass. And you know what will happen? You will now be more sad or depressed or upset that you've not still done that thing you're supposed to do. This year, in spite of all, step out and take your responsibilities. Amen. Did you hear me? Regardless, step out. You know, um, I, I had a relative that passed on, you know, 
And um, I had not been in touch with the person. It was when the person passed on, they called me. And I got there, and they were telling me about the young person, what the person had been going through. The person had been depressed for months. And they've been hiding it. So one of the things they said to me, because I was, I love learning from things like that. So I was like, okay, what happened? What happened at this point? What happened at that point? They just said telling me stories. One of the things they said to me is that at a particular point, the person was not, stopped working and was not interested in working. That was it. Oh, we have this offer. I don't want. We have this one. I don't want. We have that one. I don't want. Until. And I asked myself, what brings a young person to that place? Amen. What brings a young person to that place? And if you are here today and you are listening to me, if you remain in that place, it's your own response. You are the one, you are responsible for whatever happens. You understand what I mean? Because you have an opportunity to break out today. I used to do some experiments. Some of them might look mischievous. I take insecticide and I see a cockroach and I spray the insecticide on the cockroach. And then it amazes, I've done it several times. And it amazes me how the cockroach will be running from one end to the other. He doesn't want to die. You know, then I wonder if this cockroach wants to leave. Why does John not want to leave? Why does Angela not want to leave? Then you spray a little more. The cockroach is still stretching. I will not die. I will not die. Are you understanding me? The cockroach does not want to die. Now I ask myself, what is he living for? What, this cockroach, what is he doing? What, what's his destiny? What is he living for? Are you understanding me? What does he want to achieve tomorrow? Amen. Are you listening to me? Is he going to go for service? Is he going to get married? What, 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 what more? He should be happy to live here. But the cockroach wants to leave. You are better than a cockroach. I said you are better than a cockroach. When we were growing up, they said that they don't used to kill war geckos. I said if I see anyone in my house, I will kill it. So unless I don't have time. If I say, so, when I say the I say you are here. <laughs> I follow the walk, and you see them take off. They don't want to die. <laughs> Even the walk gecko doesn't want to die. Call your friend's name. Ask him, what's your name? What's your name? Why would you, why would you want to die? Why wouldn't you want to live? Walk gecko that eats insects. He can never eat a show in his life. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to die. You are licking ice cream. There's ice cream tomorrow. If you didn't lick today, you lick tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You will eat shawarma next tomorrow if you didn't eat it today. You want to commit suicide? No. He said, he doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore. My sister, another man will love you. They will love you more than you thought you were. Someone loved you. Say, you broke my heart. I'm not talking down on the fact that you, know, you were hurt. But you know something? 
it doesn't make sense for you to stay there. Say, all men are like that. Amen. Whatever happened to you, it doesn't have to be the end of your life. Amen. There could be a new beginning for you. And there's some young men too. I heard, but it's the young men that used to jump. You understand that? They're the ones that go up there and jump. <laughs> the girl says she's not marrying again. Or you just hear that the girl has married someone else. They say he wants to kill himself. You know, I had one jump. I didn't die. <laughs> and the guy didn't die. Say, ah, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. He didn't die. You understand that? You know, and that, that's stupidity. That's stupidity. Amen. Glory to God. And sometimes the people that you're even doing those things for, they're not even worth it. Yeah? Are you asking me? You're not. You're not worth the trouble. They don't know what the trouble. I saw one sister one time. Every time, phew, she would disappear. Appear, disappear. Appear. One day she now brought the man. And I saw her say, ah, ah. Ah, ah. Ah, even by faith, I'm still saying, ah, ah. Is this it? You just see the guy just like this. <laughs> a friend of mine used to say, my wife's friend, she said, if you must eat a frog, eat a good one. <laughs> he choose a very good one and eat. Are you understanding me? Let nothing hinder you from carrying out your responsibility in God. Did you hear me? Let nothing. Stop allowing your emotions make your life unstable. Your emotions make your life unstable. Today you are here. Next tomorrow you are here. And at the end of the day, nobody is enjoying your presence. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I've been a pastor for, I've been a spiritual leader for over 20 years of my life. And I'm surprised. And I've, I've had issues with parents. You understand that? When we're much younger, you understand that we had issues with parents, guardians, school authority, police. Mention it. Are you understanding me? We have arrested. They've, they've attempted to arrest. We arrest the person that wants to arrest. We've done all of that. I just say, you call police. I call army. Are you understanding me? We've done all of that. We've been there. One of the challenges then was that in our younger days, some parents didn't understand the role we had in the lives of these people. And the ones that understood brought their children by hand. Say, Pastor, I don't know this child to you. Anywhere I want to take him to, take him. <laughs> then the others are saying, don't follow that brother TB boy. <laughs> don't follow him. Are you understanding me? What are they doing? They, the parents, what are they doing with the children? Nothing. But that's not where I'm going to. One of the complaints we had, a parent, a father, reached out to me and was complaining about his son. He said, my son does not stay in the house. Every day he's going to church. Every day is about Pastor T.B. Peters. Every day Pastor T.B. Peters. Every day he's going to church. I am tired. So I came to see the Pastor T.B. Peters. We sat down and we spoke. I've had that issue even with a mother that came. Let me tell the mother's own story just to save the embarrassment of the person. 
the mother, the, the, the lady, the mother, when she came, I said, her son is not always around. I finally called the young man, sat him down. I said, your mother is looking for you. Me, I'm looking for you. The mother is looking for you. He's not in church. I've not, I didn't even see him the previous Sunday, the Thursday before. I've not seen him. So as she's looking for him, <coughs> me too, I'm looking for him. So I called and said, your mother is looking for you. Me, I'm looking for you. In the school you are, they are also looking for you. So where are you? What I'm trying to say is that nobody is getting the best of him. His parent, his family is complaining. In the church, he's also of no use. So where are you? Now, that's what happens when you are driven by your emotions. Your office that complaining about you. Now, wow, this man or this woman, I don't know what's wrong with her. In church too, you come for service. Everybody's worshipping. You're just folding your hand, looking at them. I was wondering, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? In your house, in your family, the same thing. Please, be delivered here. Amen. Glory to God. Did you get me? Yeah. Those emotional things make you unstable. And nobody is getting the best of you. There's so much God has put in you. But depression, emotional instability will not allow it to come out. Now, church closes. When we close from service, everybody say, hello, how are you? Hi, 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 hi. You're looking for a way to just go home. Say, you know, I just like to be in my world. I just like to be in my world. Please come out of your world. I break that your world in Jesus' name. I puncture that your world in Jesus' name. Yes, you need to come out of your world and let people be a blessing to someone. Not once in a while, constantly. Be of help. And also someone can help you. Hallelujah. Let me look around and see if anybody around you looks like who I'm talking about. Amen. 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 If anybody is doing like they are sad, lay hands on them for me. Amen. Glory to God. Say, receive happiness. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, people like that. People like that. I, see, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. How a young person, he's 25, 25, the structure of his face looks like 64. He can't smile. We've met older people that are excited, always happy. Have you not read the scripture that a merry heart doeth good like medicine? Then you're complaining. My waist is paining me. My leg is paining me. They saw something in my blood. Why wouldn't they see? It's the offenses that is in your blood. It's your face that's in your blood. It's the bitterness that's in your blood. If they check this thing, they will see. <laughs> I'll show you my wife um, something I saw on social media. They had a scan. It was an x-ray. It was an x-ray, an x-ray. And the x-ray was of someone's rib area, you know, chest cavity, you know, x-ray. And the x-ray had a cockroach inside. You know, it had an, a cockroach inside. So the guy went and they had that x-ray and they said, man, the guy needs surgery. So the story had it that he sold everything he has got some money, and traveled to India for treatment. When he got to India, they said they need to do another scan. 
So when they did the scan, there was no cockroach. The mistake was on the machine they used in Nigeria. <laughs> there was a cockroach inside the machine. <laughs> now, <laughs> I imagine him coming back to the doctor. <laughs> As you are laughing now, keep laughing like that. Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, keep laughing like that. Amen. Just continue laughing like that. It's better that someone accuses you that you're laughing for nothing than they be saying that, I don't know why he's angry. Why he's always sad. Are you listening to me? If they should accuse you, let them accuse you for being happy and laughing for nothing rather than every time you're frowning. I know that's it. Is there a problem? Why would you ask me whether there's a problem? Say, no, because of the way your face is, what is wrong with my face now? And then they apologize, sorry. Every time people meet you, they apologize, sorry. Before they say something to you, they say, I'm sorry, excuse me. (laughs) Amen. Why do they always have to apologize before they talk to you? Or they say, excuse me, don't be angry. (laughs) Amen. Why don't they say, excuse me, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Is that not better? Excuse me, don't laugh, I want to say something, don't laugh. Excuse me, don't be angry. Please, please, don't be very angry. You understand that? I know you are normally angry. Just There's always anger in your blood, but don't be angry. And your emotions will always get in the way of the workings of the Spirit of God in your life. Because when the Spirit of God is leading you right... Your emotions will be leading you left. I'm no more in that fellowship. Why? There was a way he was looking at me. And I don't like that kind of thing. Now these things we're talking about, they're very real. They're things we deal with all the time. A young man stopped coming to church years ago. And um, I was looking through the records and I'd not seen him for a while. So I sent for him. And someone finally visited him. They brought him to church. Why have you not been around? That story for me taught me a lot. This was many, it's over 10 years now. And I said, why have you not been around? And then he pointed at, the leader was not around first. He just said that there's this particular leader that looks at him somehow and does not like him. That's why he stopped coming to church. So that was serious for me, you know, like, how does he look at you? What did he do to you? You understand that? You know, so I, I called the leader and I said, um, what, what problem do you have with this young man? Do you know that the leader did not even know the guy? He, he had never seen him before. He does not know him. So oh, this guy, is he a member of this church? <laughs> Say yes. He didn't even know him. That means that he was forming stories. Are you understanding me? Just by perception. You look at the guy. You know, somebody might even say, maybe as pastor, I just walk up stage and come and drop my thing. Someone just say, pastor doesn't like me. I know he doesn't like me. I don't even know you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. 
Life is not that difficult. Hallelujah. Alright? Alright? And I'll end with this. Your problem is not the biggest problem in this world. And I'm not saying that your problem is not serious. But it's not the biggest problem. Look at your neighbor's face. And help me tell him, I also have problems. I have my own challenges. No, no, no. Some people don't know. So help me tell that person. Say, I have my own challenges. Because sometimes you think you're the only one that has a challenge. Even as you're sitting down now and I say, Pastor, just pray for us now. We that have challenge, just pray. Just pray. I don't talk in pray. <laughs> there are some of your problems that will not go if you don't laugh. Laugh, oh. I said laugh. <laughs> Amen. You think you are the only one that has a challenge. And you always say, they will not understand. They will not understand. Banish that language from your vocabulary. They will not understand. Nobody understands. Nobody understands me. They don't understand. Why, why are you the only, the only equation that cannot be solved? Why? Even if no human being understands, God understands. And there's no challenge I will meet that there's no solution from the word for it. Amen. I was sitting down with someone trying to solve the person's problem. I would talk like this. The person would talk like this. I said, what is it? No, that, I don't think that will work. I've done this in my office in Psychiatric Hospital Road years ago, 2004. And I would talk like this. The person would talk like this. Maybe I'll say, okay, what if you say, oh, that will not work. I just carry the person's thing on the table, carry the food, say, carry your problem and go. So, Pastor, it's not like that. I said, no, now stay with it now. Since everything will not work, carry your problem and go. Stay with it. You are blessed. Go. So, Pastor, it's not like that. I said, now are you ready to listen? So, you know, this one, if you already know what to why don't you solve the problem? Lift your hands. Say, I have a solution. I always receive solutions to whatever challenges come my way. I will never be in a situation where there is no answer. Say amen to that. And I say this with me, say my days of bitterness, my days of offense, days of depression are over. Now, you'll be surprised that some of you are not even saying it. And you are the one that really needs to say it. Glory to God. Are you hearing me? And you are the one that really needs to say it. Say it again. Say, my days of offense. My days of bitterness. My days of depression. Are over. Glory to God. They were interviewing someone. He said, he said, when did all these things, because his business started working, when did all these things start working? He said, one day I decided to be happy. And I decided to look away from whatever anybody had done to me. I made up my mind that in spite of it all, I'll be happy. I want someone to make a decision like that today. Lift your hands and thank him today. Give him praise for what you heard. Bless his name.
magnify him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you're here, you've not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Take it the message, I'm big.